Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of So What's Up For 2022. Today I'm here with James and Nikki Bartley. We're going to be doing a special episode today and talking about the Bessie process that Nikki runs. And um, we did this towards the back end of 2021 and we started to get the results in in December. And we just thought we'd share with you a little bit about the process and how we're using it to inform our staff wellness strategy. So James, Nikki, do you want to say hi? Hi, Chels. Hi, James. Hi, <laughs> hi, Nikki. Thanks for joining us today. So yeah, like Chelsea said, we... Uh, at the end of last year, you came in to to see the team um, to as part of a sort of overall staff wellness strategy. Um, do you want to talk us through your your Bessie we're calling it a process, a, a, a product? What would you call it, Nikki? Yeah, what would you call it? Yeah, Bessie's an algorithm. Although I always refer to her as a she. Okay, she is actually an algorithm, not okay. a woman. Right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Bessie, a bespoke evaluation and spotlight on stress and employees. Okay. And um, what basically Bessie does is it allows a company to see where um, stress exists within the organisation and what the costs are, what the implications are. And we do that because obviously the HSE have given uh, businesses an obligation to, um, a duty of care rather, to ensure that their employees are not stressed. And yeah. I think that's a really good idea, but it's not practical um, on every level and it's not always possible on every level to, to ensure that every employee is not stressed because stress comes into an organisation as well. Yeah I think um, just going back off that it's very it's very good isn't it having it having these like I guess regulations that you need to have like these macro things like you need to make sure that so and so is not stressed but like it's the how isn't it I think these things always fall down you can give direction but at the same time if someone doesn't know physically how to make that happen or even where the problem lies I guess there's an issue there and is that what you created Bessie to try and alleviate? Yeah it it is but we also saw a bigger picture Um, so stress isn't really understood Mm. you know we're still looking at what stress is what the causes are triggers are what the impacts are And actually, there are many disciplines that have looked at stress historically over 140 years and come to some different conclusions. And so how does a business then measure stress in reality? Mm. What metrics do they use? Um, Do they use physics? Do they use biology, medicine, psychology, sociology? And there are some similarities. There are some things that they have in common. But there are some really different um, things that they pertain stress to and so we took 140 years of research in all of those disciplines and we put it together in an algorithm okay and so not only are we looking at stress in an organization we're looking at what out of that relevant research that we've gathered together already is true and what isn't and then we're then really looking at you know refining our understanding of stress in general so are you, do you find that when you go into uh, companies, small and large, that um, the employer sort of looks at this as something they've never done before, like almost like it's a bit daunting a process and like what's it going to... What's he going to bring up when you go through this process? Yeah, absolutely. Were you yeah. daunted, James? <laughs> <laughs> no, our team were amazing. I was always, <laughs> always confident it was going to be fine. <laughs> you saved me asking that. Asking that <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I would be, and I always bear that in mind. I think if, I, if someone was running Bessie through my organisation, 
um, I would really want some reassurances that this isn't about blame. Yeah. Because I think that's where we have um, some problems actually in businesses and with employees and with stress and, um, you know, that whole field of well-being is it can feel very much because business owners do have a duty of care to ensure that they don't do anything that causes undue stress to their employees. Yeah. It can feel quite a um, nerve-wracking process. Well, I'm going to find out, you know, all of the little things that I do that my employees don't like. Is it just going to be um, a complaining process you know yeah what, what if staff don't engage that's something that pe- people always ask what if staff don't engage you really gotta be prepared to know what you don't necessarily <laughs> want to know yeah <laughs> yeah i know what you mean so in terms of that staff engagement so um obviously it's important it was important to us for example to get all the team on board to understand why we were doing that um and actually we were we were really pleased with the the positive attitude that the team took to actually engaging with you on that process? I think a lot of that came from you, Nikki, as well, and how you actually worked with us to set that up and position it and, like, come in and explain it all to everyone. And um, you were really good throughout that whole process, really, like, communicating it to everyone in a way that everyone understands, I think, because when you think about these, like, abstract concepts like mental health and stress, everyone's experience is different to it it's a bit like a brand isn't it everyone has a different perception of what it actually is yeah totally and that's really nice to hear I'm glad you know I'm glad you know you that was your experience Charles it's kind of and that's always been my aim it's I don't want people to be afraid of what they're going to find and I don't want people to be afraid of speaking up and Mm giving their opinion and having the say and discussing you know Bessie for me is always about um it's a really collaborative process Mm. it's it's everyone is involved and I know we can say that really easily you know with a lot of engagement surveys and different surveys but actually it really is a um a a collaboration between the leaders and um the employees and I think if you approach it from that perspective it gives everyone courage and confidence and it puts everyone at ease so that they are prepared to say, yeah, I'm going to just let you know that this is going on or let you know that that's going on. And I was really proud of you all actually here and really pleased. Like you had 100% yeah. engagement and we obviously best is in its early stages, mm. but we have done 28 pilots and then you were our first company to go through it properly, the full process. Mm. And you're the only company we got 100% engagement with. Yeah, and I think that's great. And obviously, like Chelsea said, the way you explained to the team, I think brought them on board with that. Um, I think also a lot of companies, when they look at this kind of wellness and and, um, sort of, don't like using the word mental health, but that kind of world, um, look at their team as well and go, okay, so we, for example, have got a range of staff from 17 to 45, let's say. And I think, you know, I'd say we were probably the younger side of, of businesses um yeah being a, a creative agency will, will naturally attract i think younger staff i think it's easy to assume that those younger people don't have issues they'd like to discuss or haven't discussed with the team or, or things they're bringing into work from outside um and i think yeah you might sometimes assume that these, these sort of are always down to older people but they're not no they're definitely not and it, you know you you saw that yourself didn't yeah. you and you know it's i think what what never fails to surprise me and what I love about Bessie of course it looks at mental illness it looks at diagnosis it looks at people feeling mentally unwell 
but it also looks at sense of belonging and how connected we feel to each other and how confident we are to have and when we think we've you know where we think we fit in in that organization and it gives people a chance to self-reflect as they're going through the questions and then as they're going through the debrief with myself you know I hope they get a sense uh, you know my aim is also always to get a sense of where are you in this organization and get them to take control of their own well-being their own um, health and to look out for others too yeah I think going into that wider I guess culture discussion in that sense of belonging Mm. and um I think what it is sometimes, there's almost two trains of thought, isn't there, where obviously like culture is dictated by your leadership team, which I think is a very outdated method of discussion now, or culture is what every single, I guess, person brings into that ecosystem and how they all interrelate, because essentially a business is an interdependent ecosystem state if it's ran well, instead of like silo, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I think... We're starting to see now how people, even like the most junior members of the team or the people that like um, haven't been with us very long can actually come in and change the dynamic of the culture and like invigorate like freshness and stuff into it and how culture is actually something that you can work on and improve. And it's not a fixed like this is our culture and this is what we must do. And I think what we've done from since we've had the Bessie um, analysis and reports, we've act- we've actively been working, and Mike's done a lot on this, the culture and how we actually want to take it forward and improve and start creating something. And I think James can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think it's that thing of why do you come to work, isn't it? And I think, you know, we want people to come to work to you know for themselves and for us. You know, that they we don't want to have a gun to someone's head to say, you've got to come to work at Zoe Marketing because it's the only job you've got. We want them to really get up in the morning and go, do you know what, I like where I go to work and we want to create an environment for them that fosters that and makes them feel like part of the team and also make them feel like their voice is heard. So I think, you know, what one of the things we've always been really keen on is not having the kind of a hierarchical structure in the organisation where we have, you know, James's word is, gospel everyone's got to get in line and you know and i know chelsea would probably agree um obviously yeah you've been here for the best part of 18 months and you know i i hope that we've never treated anybody like their opinion doesn't matter no. uh, and yeah we would always like to get everyone's everyone's view and i think actually the the work done on the on the bessie analysis hopefully has just reinforced to the team that actually every single person and what they bring to us is really important you know so their issues are important to us they're showing up every day is important to us and actually you know as an employer we are doing what we can or the, the most that we can to try and um, make sure that their life's better you know and we appreciate the, the fact that they actually come in every day yeah it's it's totally that isn't it i think you know just briefly what you said about um culture it's, it's culture is dynamic it mm. moves it changes it grows and as you add new people to your organization that will impact the culture and so if everyone's got this awareness of actually what your values are based on and how you want to be at work and where you're going, you know, it really helps that person, A, to know whether they want to come work at so marketing yeah. in the first place, mm. you know, and um, whether it's an organisation that can um, really help their career and they can support the organisation. So, because I always think of business that way. I mean, you know, I can list jobs I've had in the past and they felt like I was having jobs done to me. Yeah. And what I realised sort of the last five years is workplaces now are changing. Business yeah. is changing. Uh, businesses are getting smaller 
rather than the big corporations. We've got more smaller businesses. But that gives a real opportunity to have deeper relationships with yes. more people. Mm. And so they do become like mini communities mm. and they become an extension of our, our life. They're not something that we go to anymore that we just switch off from. Mm. They have real do, do you think that, that that's very different between small and large companies? So, yeah. for example, if you were taking Bessie into a company that had 200 staff, do, do you think you'd find it very different to, for example, us with 14 staff? Mm. Um, I think it's more... So I, I, I would say companies from 500 plus, that's mm-hmm. where you you start seeing the difference in dynamics right. rather than 200. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's the in the bigger companies, at the bigger end of the SMEs, mm. and then mm. to the you know to the larger organisations, there's definitely a difference. Yeah. It you, you're more disassociated. Yeah, I think from having worked in three multinationals um, myself with all of over five hundred people, you usually have the macro the the macrocosm of like the organisation itself and like the standardised procedures that you kind of have to subscribe to. And then you have like the microcosm of like the team or the unit that you're in. So for example, when I worked in recruitment and I was based in like the Leeds office, I loved that team. But then when I had to go to like the Manchester office or the London office, even though we still followed the same principles and the same guidelines, it wasn't the same vibe. And I know you can't explain it even like better than that, but it just was not the same vibe. And I do not think I would have enjoyed the job half as much as I did if I was in one of those offices. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as well that, I mean, you don't know those people necessarily, do you? Even though you work for the same organisation, they're people you've never met, necessarily met before, interacted with. Yeah. And I think one of the things that the Bessie um, process um, flagged up for us is that thing where our team can be more aware of each other as well. Yeah. So I think with it being a smaller group of people uh, and the way that you sort of came in and presented the group results, let's say, you yeah, sort of averaged out, you know, here's some risk factors for the overall team. It may sort of just show the team that actually their colleagues maybe need a bit of support or, yeah, you're not on your own if you think you've got an issue. And I think that was really valuable for us. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that, actually. Thank you. It's And actually, that's the point. We don't know, do we? We don't know what we don't know. And we always appreciate what we do know when we know it. But to find out that, oh, I just didn't know people were feeling that way. And and actually, the courage with which you all um, delved into Bessie, the, the honesty, and that takes out any, um, you know, that kind of attitude, approaching something like this with that kind of attitude, it takes out the worry of offending anyone. Yeah. And so people can be really honest, yeah. but be really pleasant about it, and no one's having a go at anyone. And yeah. that's the whole point. And when you see those metrics and those results across the whole team... So even someone, you know, works elsewhere or works on a different job you didn't know mm. had some challenges and yet you just see them walking about the building and you think, oh, they're fine. Mm. And so even though you don't know who it is, because obviously Bess is confidential. Yeah. And we don't disclose the results or we don't disclose data that we you know that way. Just to know that there's someone out there that's got some issue, it really does something for the team. It shifts the thinking into we become more considerate and compassionate I think as well and like yeah. empathetic towards other people which to be fair like as marketers for us we're always trying to put ourselves in like the customer's shoes or like our client's customer's shoes and it's funny because that same level of compassion isn't usually looked at or turned inwardly yeah. and I think Bessie's made us embrace that in a way yeah 
And that's interesting because one of the um, one of the theories around stress, my own theory, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Bartley special, yeah. <laughs> is you know it's it's about it's not always about the stuff that we think we've got to do. It's about who we think we are. Yes. And actually, if we could, you know, that's one of the things that Bessie's shining the light on, really. If we can just realise that we've we've all got self-worth. We've we're all got capacity to change, to grow, to develop. And we all sometimes, you know, need, need um, what's it called, like a permission not to. We all need permission to say, you know what, I need a moment. Mm. And that's what the Bessie process brings, and that's why it really changes uh, the well-being in an organisation because, you know, it's all about relationships, actually. And it's not about necessarily the pr- the external pressures, it's the internal pressures. I think it'd be interesting, um, especially in this organisation, um, when we onboard a new member of the team, mm-hmm. for example, that hasn't gone through that process, yeah. what... Um, what what should we do with that? You know, so, so so do we sort of say actually, yeah? After a few months, would you like you know offer the the Bessie you know service to that person individually, or you know that they're going to come into a team that's essentially empathetic and understanding of each other, mm-hmm. and then this person, like Chelsea said, one person um, can affect the culture and dynamics in a business quite a lot. And so for us, it's when we create our wellness strategy is how do we onboard new members of the team so that they fit straight into that new wellness strategy that's come off the back of Bessie? Yeah, how do we brainwash them, Nikki? (laughs) You know what? I think there's enough of you already brainwashed now to do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I say say that tongue-in-cheek, but I am all serious. Mm. You see, because you've all gained awareness, like you've all gained that self-awareness and awareness for others, the dynamics of the culture won't be as easily swayed Mm. from where you want it to go. I think in the recruitment process as well, like there's things that you can do to mitigate stuff like that. So when I've done it in the past, it's like um, psychological profiling to make sure that you're placed with like the right manager or for example, like if we go down the mentoring route, who's who's got the best personality then to maybe get through to that person because like, for example, people have to sometimes put things to me in a certain way so that I actually understand like the value of it. And if someone comes to me with an emotional appeal, I'm usually not that apt to actually go for it. <laughs> but if they go on like a logical sense and they they put things in a really clear way for me, that sinks in with me a lot easier. And it's like, well, actually then flip that. If someone else wants that sort of space and time and wants to, I don't know, like pontificate about things... I'm not the type of person that could manage or mentor them Mm. overly well because I don't have the time or the capacity to deal with people like that. (laughs) But somebody else might. So I think there's things in the recruitment process that you can put in. And just because I'm not empathetic to someone in the way that they want to be emphasised where it doesn't mean that there's not somebody else in the business that is better suited to that person. Mm. Totally, totally. So... After, obviously, we've been through the process with you and you, you work with another um, number of other clients. So for 2022 onwards, what's the next, what's next for Bessie then? Well, we're all, you know, it's interesting. Before Christmas, so since, since working with yourselves, we're now on, we've, we're two iterations ahead. Wow, okay. So <laughs> Bessie, um, you know, it's, it's, it's growing, developing and changing. And I think by 
sort of the end of the year. This is why we're glad we didn't really lock it down into some tech because mm. that was, you know, I'm, 2021 for me was to get the tech for Bessie. Bessie. Mm. And obviously she's still in Google Forms with the <laughs> algorithm in the back. Yeah. yeah. But I think if I'd have locked her into tech too, too soon, she's changed eight times already. Yeah. yeah. Because each time we run it, we just sort of gain some more data, some more experience, some more um, know-how. And we change the process of delivery. So for me, it's refining that and making sure that, um, like you pointed out, just giving you the best possible experience and making Bessie as easy as possible for you to all do, really, yeah. is, is 2022 for me. I imagine that's more difficult when you have more people to do it yeah. to, you know, deliver it to. You know, yeah. Obviously, you know, for us, we could pretty much all fit in one room. But yeah, you go into a, a 500-plus organisation, do you, you know, I suppose the logistics of that for you are more difficult. Yeah. yeah which is where I suppose the, the theory is add some tech into it yeah. to make that easy. Yeah. But like you say, you know, you, you could lock into that and it's suddenly not be the right thing for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, I, and I really just, I don't want to take the personal out of it. Yeah. No. I don't want to, you know, what really makes the change is the human touch that we all, that interaction, those, you know, being, being asked questions and being able to ask questions. So... It's for us, it's finding a way of keeping that in the process all the way along. Yeah. So my organisation will have to grow with more people in it you know, <laughs> to enable that to happen. Yeah. yeah. How are you finding the whole process with like creating and innovating and um, next-genning Bessie? How are you enjoying it? Oh, it's been a blast so far. But <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's been really, it, you know, it's been times where it's been terrifying. Yeah. Um, and... I think because I never saw myself as an innovator, it's it that's what's made it easy. It just made sense for me. I just really wanted to do something in the mental health space that I could see was going to make a difference. I knew that we got some misunderstandings around stress and it just made sense to try and clear those up. Mm. I think from a marketing perspective with Bessie, you're probably a great client to work with because your people first and I think that's probably why you never saw yourself as an innovator you're just trying to deliver the best experience for the person mm. and that's I think what will make Bessie ultimately successful because you're not doing it for I guess like continuously innovating or doing things for the next big thing you're doing it and you you make those more like intuitive heartfelt I guess decisions based on what you think is right for the people and what the data is telling you yeah. and that's what I've noticed with Bessie so yeah. oh, that's, that's really good thank you thank you yeah well, I think for you your cha- yeah the challenge for it is is how do you turn that into marketable language marketable content that yeah. then can bring that to that wider audience that you want to do yeah I haven't got the answer to that today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think anyone has, but I think, no. I think it's interesting when you sort of do talk to people uh, like ourselves that have gone through the process, because I think everyone you speak to will, will give you different ideas and different perspectives on totally. that. And you'll throw them all into one big melting pot and you'll go, mm, okay, how do I come out with that? With a, strat- with a marketing strategy that delivers, you know, across all the media where I need to be seen and all of that kind of work that I know you're working on at the moment, um, it's a big job, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, and I think I can only take one step at a time, and... You know, something that I keep coming back to constantly, because I, I lose sight of things if I get lost in all of that too. It can also, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like I've got too much to do. Yeah. But, you know, my motto is to create a world where everyone wins. And I keep coming back to that and think, how am I doing that today? What yeah. am I doing today? 
and I just know that I've just got little bits of the jigsaw to do each day and, and yeah. that's <laughs> and obviously I, I ring you up frantically sometimes James and it's like <laughs> I know you've dealt with stuff from my website for me and you know and but, but, that, but again that's that's where you good relationships with people around you in your circle yeah. are helpful aren't they you yeah. know and I know that you yeah you do a lot of networking as well so I think if anybody's um looking sort of to find you you're pretty easily found really on the internet <laughs> aren't you especially yeah. you know in the in the Staffordshire area everybody knows you yeah um but I think you know it, it, it's it's interesting translating real experiences with clients and the differences that they the, the, the your process makes that organization into things that people can relate to totally. in case studies and go oh actually I can see how that would fit for me but all like Likewise, I think like we've spoken about before, it may not fit for everybody yeah. and it might be that that company's not ready to take that step or it's not in a place where it wants to really engage at that level. Yeah. But I suppose that's okay too. They're just not going to be for you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm. I think we all have to own where we are and we all have to look at and say, is this something I can do right now? Is this something even to cope with yourself mentally, you know, to take this on? I think you've got to be of a certain mindset. Mm, yeah. Um, and we've all been at different stages in a business, haven't we, where we're not of that mindset. And so if you're not, that is okay. Yeah. And maybe you have another agenda in 2022, 2023. And yeah, that's fine. So if there's someone listening to this and they're kind of like halfway in the mindset, like um in an R and like, oh, do I go for Bessie? Don't I go for Bessie? What would your message be to them? Well, my first message, I guess, you know, from my point of view, of course, I'd want a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, I love giving the best of demonstrations because when <laughs> people see it, they're like, yeah. how do you get that data? Yeah. You know, how can you really get that data? What, you know? So that would be it. Like, book in for a demo and sort of have a conversation. And then perhaps speak to people like you guys who've already done it. And I've got a list of other companies who've already done it. And, you know, ask what their experience is. So... Yeah. So, so if, if somebody wants to book in for a demo uh, with you, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? So they can go to my website, thriveandshine.com, .co.uk rather. <laughs> thriveandshine.co.uk. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or they can email me at info at thrive-and-shine.co.uk mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just simply ask for a demonstration and we'll book in. Perfect. Brilliant. And what I will do is I will drop Nikki's um, LinkedIn on the end of this. Pro- well, this. Oh, I've got, forgot what they're called now. Podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Useful. I'll drop Nikki's um, LinkedIn information on the end of this podcast description as well, so anyone can get in touch with her. So thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much for coming on, Nikki. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks, That's guys. Like anytime. <laughs>